You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. We'll be recapping another disappointment as the Huskers fall 24-19 to Troy and Lincoln this past weekend. Then we'll bring in Nick Regeth of ESPN 1480 in Lincoln to preview Michigan. And he will be the next guest to destroy us in our weekly pick segment. Guys, why are we so bad at this? I, I don't think I know anything about college football right now. After last weekend, it's it's tough. It's a crazy year. Like, I mean, who who expected any of these teams to to start winning the way they are? Well, speaking of crazy guys, here we are sitting as Husker fans at zero and two on the season, first time since nineteen fifty seven. Little trivia question here: When was the last time Nebraska started a season at zero and three? Derek, forty four. Tyler, forty one. It was 45, uh, but we did. But in 44, we did go 0 and 3. In 45, uh, we started the year at 0 and 5. So I don't think we're that bad yet. But uh, 0 and 3 looks to be a possibility. Derek, what happened against Troy? Oh, so many different things, and you can attribute it to a lot of things. And I'm going to piss Tyler off right off the bat. You know, who I blame mostly for this game. Tristan Jebbia, stick around and you would have had your chance to play, and he was a much better backup quarterback than what Andrew Bunch was. Tyler. You, know, you know what's funny? As I didn't realize Jebbia played center or offensive guard because I, I thought he was a quarterback, and that's not why we lost is because the quarterback is because we decided we forgot how to block one week. No, we, we lost this game because of quarterback. If Adrian Martinez had been in in this game – we win this game, and I think we win this game probably by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't tend to agree with you. I think we win the game if Adrian Martinez is in. But here's my thing on Jebbia, and and this is my last thing I'm going to say on this, and we just need to drop him from this podcast, is where Bunch struggled, I don't think Jebbia's game was going to match up much better. I don't think that he was going to be able to fix the protection holes that we had. I don't think he was going to be a much more mobile for a lot of reports. It sounds like bunch was the more mobile of the two. Like, I don't think Jebbia was going to give us a lot more difference than we saw for bunch. Derek. Yeah. Just get off the quarterback thing. Bunch did not play no. that bad of a game. He you're, did not- you're, you're, you're right. He didn't play that bad of a game, but he didn't play that great of a game. A two, Adrian Martinez changes that the, the schemes offensively for us and defensively for them. They're not going to stack the box the way they did against Bunch because Bunch is absolutely no threat to run the ball. Adrian yeah, Martinez, but- you stack the box against him and he gets to the outside, he's taken off for 40 yards on you. So why why would they not stack the box against a team that's only going to run? You don't stack the box against a team that has a passing threat. And I'm not saying you can we can debate a different day when we see more who is a better passer, Adrian Martinez or Andrew Bunch. You, you can't but you can't sit here and tell me the bunch. You can't sit here and tell stack- me. Okay, you can't sit here and tell me that the offensive playbook does not open up tenfold with Adrian Martinez in there compared to Andrew Bunch. They called a conservative game because they had no trust in Andrew Bunch. Period. Okay, I I, I again I'm I, that's not even the point. My point is I don't think defensively. The, the fact that Adrian Martinez is a running threat changes the defensive calling. I still think they put eight men in the box because what you're trying to do is not let him get past the line of scrimmage. You're not trying to be like, well, we need to have safety but, coverage in case Adrian Martinez runs one for 30 yards. You but, do but, that for the but, threat of the pass. What they were doing was plug in the middle. That's exactly what they were doing. If, and, 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 and Adrian Martinez can get to the outside way better than Andrew Bunch ever will. I think if you're trying to blame this loss on Andrew Bunch and the quarterback position, you're doing a disservice to not only him, but the whole team. I mean, really, he's responsible for two of our turnovers. 
it, two it of our three turnovers. And, and, and so, the third turnover, you threw to a guy in triple coverage who ended up fumbling the ball. So there, there were two plays in this game that really outlined the, the shape of this game, right? Uh, there was that punt return for a TD where uh, for some sick reason, I said I wasn't going to rewatch the Troy game, but I did it after work today. I just I had it on while I was doing some show prep. And I'm rewatching that punt return. And I tell you what, it was kind of humorous, actually, now that I know what had happened. If, if you play that it, like as a silent movie and you put in like all those little like uh, slapstick noises in there where people are slipping around, falling down, bumping into each other. I, I hope somebody is creative enough to do that because that is exactly what happened on that punt return. It looked sloppy. It looked like they were trying to let that guy run for the touchdown. So you had that play. That was sloppy. And then you also had the blocking penalty uh, when J.D. Spielman had that touchdown. Uh, that kept us uh, from a score, and that could have reshaped this game. It, it's not so much what happens with JD uh, with uh, Andrew Bunch because he, he didn't play awesome but he didn't play that bad. There were so many penalties in this game that took us out. You want to talk about the defense a little bit? No, hold, the on, defense- hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get into the de- let's get into the penalties. You want to blame Nebraska for all these penalties? We had ten penalties for seventy-seven yards, and yes, that is terrible. But you know what? Troy had ten penalties for ninety-five yards, so they shot themselves in the foot just as much as we did. We just didn't yeah. capitalize on our on their mistakes as like they did ours. That's true. I mean. Yeah, the two plays that I just identified there, I mean, those were two huge plays that could have reshaped this game. Look, yeah, but is, is it Nebraska? Like, let's go. I don't want to get up this penalties real quick. I'm sorry, Justin, but like, you could say Troy did just as bad as we did in that area, but this is two weeks in a row. And for all the people that said, well, we played Akron week one, we were going to clean up stuff, we cleaned up nothing from week one to week two from a penalty standpoint, we were just as sloppy in the penalty department as we were week one to week two. And the turnovers, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, but how, how do you get a consistent play out of your quarterback when you got two different quarterbacks playing in two different weeks? You, you talk about the turnovers, but you don't, you don't want to understand the fact that two of those turnovers are on Andrew Bunch. And, and one, maybe, maybe, maybe Adrian Martinez does fix some of his turnovers. We don't know. I didn't hear you saying this stuff last week when Adrian Martinez had two turnovers. That he I mean, caused you, us the game. Critical, and yeah, you're right because I said didn't. I said I said he could fix them, but I don't know if he could fix them because he wasn't in the game. Okay, but you're critical of Andrew Bunch because in so, his first okay, game, maybe if he starts sure. next week, maybe he can improve them. But the, the, as of right now, so, he didn't improve because he was his first start ever. So, Derek, I want to ask you what what did you think? Uh, what what did this team look like when they came to the field? This week, I mean, as you're sitting there watching the game, what did you think of this team compared to the week one? I, I I thought there were some improvements. I thought defensively we looked still really good compared to last year. Uh, offensively, I still I still don't know. It, it's hard. I think it's hard to judge offense because I think the playbook changes completely when you got Andrew Bunching compared to Adrian Martinez. I really do. And and you of can disagree with that all you want, but it, it changes. They, they they weren't they, you know what last week or two weeks ago when we played Colorado they were so aggressive they went for four 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 three fourth down conversions they did they go for any last week yeah they had a fourth down conversion uh, Andrew Bunch hit uh, somebody deep on uh, like a fourth and eight but wasn't that like the only one they went for and that was kind of time crunch type of deal. I was in the fourth quarter. I, I yeah, so it was time crunch type of deal. Like they they didn't trust Andrew Bunch except for when they absolutely had to go for it on fourth. With with Adrian Martinez in there, they were like, "Screw it, let's do it because we can do this." They have trust yeah, in Adrian Martinez. The they they have no the trust ball. in they Andrew were trusting Bunch. Him. They were okay. trusting him. There. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, okay. Let, let's also remember when we went for it against on fourth down against Colorado. There was a lot of field position factors into that game we were kind of in no man's land the we weren't in field goal range we were on the around midfield the, there was a lot of strategic strategy and going for it fourth down i i don't know maybe if martinez was in we go for it on fourth and four inside the 20 i i don't know that 
But like, no, the, I, I, I remember. I remember having conversations with you guys during a Colorado game, going, "Why didn't we go for a field goal there?" There was a couple times that we should probably should have went for a field goal on those fourth down. I, and and, I, I and, and Justin was all, like, "Well, because they don't trust Pickering to, to kick a field goal," and and maybe he's right. But they obviously have more trust in Pickering than they did Andrew Bunch because they went for all these field goals in this game. Okay. Uh, Tyler, I thought that this team looked very ill-prepared headed into the game. You know, uh, they knew that what they were going to do with Andrew Bunch, they knew Andrew Bunch was going to be starting, and they built a, uh, you know, they, they schemed their offense with Andrew Bunch. Be that as it may, they looked ill-prepared to be out there. Did you sense the same thing? I, I don't know if I said ill-prepared. What, what I think there was, there was a little hubris in this game. I think there was a little bit of Scott Frost thinking that our offensive line and our running backs are going to be able to run the ball against Troy. Derek, you're right. Our, our playbook changes with Andrew Bunch. But I think, you know, Justin, your least favorite thing as a coach, not putting it all on the field. And I think there was a little bit of... Frost thought we were going to win the battle up front, and we didn't do that. You know, when you look at the rushing yards that game, a lot of those rushing yards came from Maurice Washington having to make something out of nothing. The holes were not there like they were against Colorado. There's two factors. One, give some credit to Troy and what they did. And two, our offensive line, especially our, our interior offensive line, did not perform what we needed them to do. Agree. I, I, you know what my biggest complaint of the offense of this game was probably Maurice Washington. I know he was the leader in in rushing yards, and he looked good on some plays. But he seriously needs to learn to quit dancing around and just run the ball. Seriously. There was one play where he, he did a spin move three times, and he ended up losing two yards out of it. Like, just run forward. Well, one of the things after a week where they practiced or worked on turnovers and ball protection, I, you know, Nebraska caught a break there when he fumbled the ball, but they kept it with uh, Nebraska. I mean, he straight up fumbled the ball. Uh, Neil Brown, he got penalized 15 yards for complaining, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I don't know if Troy it was rightfully wrong. so. I think that Why? was one, I think that was a close call. I think it's one of those calls that either which way they called it on the field was probably going to stand. If they had called it a fumble on the on the on the on the field, they probably would have kept it that way. Re- replay showed it was clearly a fumble. Tyler, what what did you think? Um, I I, I thought it was a fumble. I, I did think it was a fumble. I do agree with Derek though that it was close, and there are a lot of calls in NFL and college football. If it's that close, you don't see. Um, the referees overturning it. And I do think it watching the replay. I think it was a fumble, but it, it was close enough where I understand why they did not overturn it. All right. Uh, Derek, what, what did Nebraska do well in this game? They played pretty good defense. I mean, they only gave up 253 yards. They had their breakdowns that probably, I mean, kind of hurt us. I, I think special teams, that special teams that uh, returned for a touchdown, Probably killed us more than anything on this game, but at the end of the day, I mean, they only gave up 253 yards. They uh, gave, I mean, they gave up like 143 rushing yards and 110 passing yards. The defense seems to be the bright spot of this team right now. They're aggressive, and and that's the big difference from last year. You know, I, I know you guys are going to talk about the Lamar Jackson interception. You're going to talk about how. He got beat, and he was behind by five yards. But I think what you have to understand by that underthrown ball is the fact that Ben Steele was right on his tails and almost had him sacked, and the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't give up. Like last year, this team would have given up on that play, and it would have been a touchdown. Or if it was properly thrown, it would have been a touchdown. <laughs> but how, how do you throw when you got a guy about to sack you? I mean, that's, it's, it's tough. Give, give Steele some credit. Don't discount what Stilly did. There was another play where uh, Tyron Ferguson missed a tackle. He hit the guy and he missed a tackle. And instead of giving up on the play, he was the one that actually made the tackle about five more yards down the field. Last year, that guy would have just stayed out of bounds and just said, screw it. Whatever happens, happens. We'll let my, the rest of the team do this. That's not happening this year. The effort is there. It's just the, some of the mistakes need to be fixed still. But the effort is there. Thoughts, Tyler? 
I, I mean, I agree. I think our defense is playing better. I, I think, you know, you look at the defense compared to last year. I, I don't know if that's a fair characterization of last year's defense. I, I think you look at last year, at, late in the year, there was no effort. I think early in the season, there was still effort um, in the early games, against, especially Northern Illinois. Illinois, we played good defense. I think later in the year, we just quit. Um, but but I will say this. My, my concern about the defense is fourth quarter. Um, there was three straight third-for-nine conversions that uh, Troy had in the fourth quarter. I mean... I, I agree. I, I'm not going to blame this loss on the defense, but you know, Derek, if you're going to blame this game and say bunch was ill-equipped, this is a game that our defense had to make stops. And when you give up three straight third for nine conversions, you, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to give the defense a solid B, but that that's, those are plays that need to be made. You're right, Tyler. The fourth quarter was brutal. Halfway or the uh, second half of the fourth quarter was brutal. The defense, they just weren't there, uh, giving up those uh, third downs. And even the final third down, I mean, it, it was game time. It was third and three that Troy had. And the quarterback just ran up the middle, and he got the first down. We could not make the stop at that point. I mean, we, we just we, we couldn't do it. Uh, it. It was it was tough to watch. It was for me watching that game was a lot like watching a game from 2017. It was just so many things were going wrong. Anything that could go wrong was going wrong. We weren't playing good football, turnovers, penalties, special teams are atrocious. They are, they're a dumpster fire. Uh, I'm glad that Pickering, you know, he, he made two field goals, but it's brutal. Derek, all right. So you guys, you just want to trash on this defense. But you know what? Okay, they gave up some t- untimely third down conversions. I get it. But they're 33%, they're giving up 33% on third down conversions overall. That's a huge improvement from last year, where we gave up 43% last year. And Tyler, you can sit here and talk about last year, this time of the year. But remember, we played Arkansas State, who had a shit ton of yards against us, and Oregon, who had us beat in the first half by 42-14. to 14. So, so, yeah, we played good against Northern Illinois, and we played good, good against Illinois, but those are the only two games that we played good against defensively. The only two. And so far, we've played good defense in the first two games that we've played in. I, well, I don't think Troy's uh, an offensive juggernaut by any means. They're they're ranked higher in some offensive statistics than than Michigan is. Well, we're gonna get plenty. We're about to get into that Michigan conversation, but uh, no, I I get I get your point that, but I I, I was more questioning the effort, not the production, and that's what I said. I don't think it's fair to say that. I I don't think that early in the year the effort wasn't there, like how it was late in the season. you know, bottom line is, guys, you know, this was a bad loss. And I, but what I will say on that is it was a bad loss. I still have faith that Scott Frost and company are going to turn this thing around. And I think, was there enough week one, week two uh, improvement? No. But I think there was some of this that was a little hubris by the team. Frost said all he wanted that Troy could beat us. I don't think he saw that. I think maybe there would have been different decisions. Uh, made by play calling, a little bit more aggressiveness. I think he thought later in the game we were going to win this. Um, I, I, I do have faith that this season is going to get better. Yeah, you know, look, I, I agree. Scott Frost is our guy. He's going to get it figured out. We're going to do well in the long term. But losing to Troy is not okay. Losing to Troy is just like losing to Northern Illinois last year. There's no, no difference. Absolutely no not. Difference Absolutely losing. not. Absolutely not. Troy is a way better team record-wise than Northern Illinois is. And, Justin, I can't believe you're sitting here telling me this when all summer long you sat here and told me there's a possibility we could lose to Troy because this is one of our toughest non-conference games. And they beat LSU last year in Death Valley. And so now you've totally changed your 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 whole perspective because we actually lost. Like, like you didn't you, you didn't believe what you were telling me, apparently. No, 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 no. What, what I said is Troy was going to be our toughest non-con game. No, and, you, but, you told me that was and, not and a gimme, that we could lose that game. You told me that okay. several times. 
at, at the end of the day, we had Troy and Colorado in our bottom four, uh, or in the bottom four ranking of the big of the games. They were the easiest games on the schedule, and we still lost them. Losing to Troy is just like losing to Northern Illinois. No, but what was Northern Illinois' final record last year? I I, I don't know. They they weren't very good last year. Okay. Okay. Regardless, I I think this is going to be an after hours discussion here. Uh, But no, uh, because I'm already done talking to you about this, so we're just going to right do the write up and finish it. So. Okay. So (laughs) we got a a great guest coming on, Nick Gregus. So uh, let's dial him in. We are now joined by Nick Gregus of ESPN fourteen eighty in Lincoln. How are you, Nick? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. All right, Nick, uh, 0-2 start to the season. What do you attribute to NU's struggles uh, so far this year? Oh, man, that's a, a very loaded question. There's a lot, of, <laughs> there's a lot to uh, break down with that. I, I don't know. There's a few different ways you can look at it. I mean, there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, uh, some turnovers, injuries. I feel like any one of us could sit here and say if they played that first game instead of the lightning coming down, you know, coming out and messing it up, they probably beat Colorado, I think, by a couple touchdowns. They're clearly better than Colorado. But then I have to try to explain why, even though you have a, essentially your fourth-string quarterback in last week, which is what he was, you know, in spring, why the rest of the team couldn't pick up their quarterback. Like, why why the offensive line play so poorly? Why were you know, why were the middle linebackers running around like they didn't know where they were supposed to be? It's been a weird start to the season. Like, I, I just, it feels like what can go wrong has gone wrong. And somewhere in the middle of that, we had the Colorado game, which got us all excited because it looked like things were moving, you know, in the right direction, which they are, and they'll get there. Just going to take some time. So we have Michigan coming up. That's going to be brutal. But at what point do you think that Nebraska can actually put it together for a complete game? You know, I mean, it's possible this week. Um, if you break down some of Michigan's numbers, they're poor in a lot of places that I think if Martinez is healthy and plays this week, I think Nebraska can take advantage of Michigan a little bit. Um, it's going to take some of your better players beating Michigan one-on-one. Uh, there's a lot of man-to-man that Michigan likes to run defensively. Their offense doesn't scare me a ton. Um, you know, I think Nebraska's defense will be all right against their offense so i mean it's possible it could be this week i mean let's let's be real the big Ten's not really looking all that great right now other than ohio state right oh yeah well you know so nick you know one of the things that came out of the press conference last week um right afterwards he frost made a comment that he had addressed the team and said hey if you're not on board you know get out you know something along those lines do you think that was directed at some players or do you think that was more of a shot across the brow to the whole team? Um, I actually think it was at very specific players. Um, if you listen to after when he did his press conference on Monday, he elaborated on it and then Farmer mentioned it a bunch of times and a couple of the other uh, you know, guys, uh, players that spoke to the media mentioned it. And some of the stuff Frost said, which was really specific, about dressing appropriately to come to meetings. Then he started talking about, you know, uh, older players who've been here typically are the ones who don't, you know, maybe are having a hard time buying in. And there are still some remnants of the uh, lack of focus maybe that was here when you had uh, Riley's staff here. And uh, I, I think Frost does a really nice job of, choosing his words wisely all the time. Have you guys noticed, like, he's very specific at what he says. He has a purpose for every one of his press conferences, and he finds a way to get to it. Uh, He'll talk about unity of purpose out of the blue for, like, five minutes, and then he'll not answer your question. Or in this case, today, he or on Monday, he talked about what was going on with, uh, with, you know, some of the players and buy-in and all that. And I think there's a few really key guys. I think a couple on the offense and a couple on the defense that they need to win one-on-one this week, that they need to be fully bought in, that I think are on their way, but they're not quite there. And he was uh, 
he pointed him out a little bit uh, this week at the press conference. Uh, Frost has no problem letting his players know that he'll use the media to talk to them. Nick, would you name those players that you're talking about that you think he's talking about? Um, I'm not going to, uh, but I'll just say they're they're prominent players uh, on offense that they need to to really step up that haven't quite been there. Uh, that there's a group of guys that around town in Lincoln, it's pretty well known. They're they're out pretty late uh, downtown the the night before games on occasion. So I say on occasion, most most of the home games. So they know who they are and they know what they're talking about. It's you know, if this were professional sports, I'd say who it was, but I'm not going to. Okay. So, oh, so that's me- fair. You, you mentioned Adrian Martinez, and if he starts. Do you think he's going to start this week? I mean, he has practiced the last two days, and it sounds like he was running around better today than what he had yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to get. I, I mean, I think he will. Uh, the fact that he that Coach Frost talked about how you know he uh, practiced a little bit last week. He said one of the things his comments was is he looked pretty darn good right before the game, but they had already decided he wasn't going to play last week. Um, I think he's playing. I think one thing I I, I kind of really like about Frost is uh, he knows this year he needs as many advantages as he can get. So he's kind of playing, again, he's playing the media and playing the other teams by taking his time, naming, you know, starters, naming, talking about guys that are injured, that kind of stuff. He told us before the season that that we weren't going to get much information on injuries, and we really haven't. So um, I kind of like that he's doing that. But, yeah, I I, I expect Martinez, Adrian Martinez, to play this week. Okay, as we travel to Michigan this week, uh, nineteen and a half point underdogs Nebraska is. So, uh, oh, that's gone up. That's no yeah, <laughs> nineteen and a half. Open opened at eighteen, now yeah. nineteen and a half. So, uh, what do you make of this Michigan team? Uh, I think they're a uh, very talented team, uh, especially on the offensive and defensive line. Um, I their quarterback is a guy and frost talked about it a little bit as his, at his uh presser he's a guy that they're still waiting to kind of find his foothold on this team obviously being a first year starter at michigan he's obviously started a bunch of other games uh defensively they're tough man that's secondary the skill position players are really good uh i think stanley morgan is going to see a lot of what he did last week which is i think he'll see double teams this week instead of triple teams and it's going to be up to Spielman to to get open, and uh, for Martinez to find him. It's going to be up to Lindsey to get open, and then those tight ends have got to show up. I think we all thought we'd see more from the tight ends at this point in the season, and we haven't. So they'll have to show up, and then also the basically I'm naming off everybody on offense, but the uh, with the running game, whether it's Mo Washington or um, um, why am I blanking Bell. They got to they got to be out there and they got to play well and they've got to get a good uh, yards per carry clip during this game because it's going to be imperative that they take some pressure off their young quarterback. Nick, you know one of the things that we on this podcast we've talked a lot about was uh, headed into the season we really like the wide receiver depth. I mm-hmm. mean, there's some quality guys there. What? Why do you think that we're not playing as many of these guys like Javon McQuitty? Uh, why aren't they? involved more i mean we, we had high hopes for javon mcquitty andre hunt was another guy mm-hmm. but yeah i you know i think it comes down to trust i don't know that uh frost is ready to trust those guys yet he talked again he talked a little bit about that on monday he was asked um because even like williams has been in but he's not been targeted very much uh they were he was just talking about how they're starting to get their practice to the point where he's ready to start rotating these guys in but I think it's a trust factor. I don't think Frost quite trusts that they're going to understand, um, you know, in the RPO what exactly their jobs are at certain times. Because you can really hang your quarterback out to dry if you do the wrong thing at the wrong time. All right, we'll bring this back to Michigan. Tyler, where do you think that Nebraska can expose Michigan? You know, uh, Nick kind of alluded to it. Michigan has a really stout defense, um, at least from a talent standpoint. But I think the key to this game Uh, for what Nebraska needs to do is we need to be able to stop the run. And, you know, Nick, you talked about Frost playing the media. Harbaugh may be the master at that. Um, (laughs) You know, both of his starting running backs, his top two running backs, are day-to-day right now. Um, And, you know, they're both dealing with injuries. Uh, Karen Higdon and Chris Evans, 
I mean, those two guys accounted for 48% of the offense last year and 37% of the offense so far this year. I mean, they are huge factors in this game. And if they can't go, um, it all falls on Shea Patterson. It all Mm -hmm. falls on him. And they haven't trusted him worth a lick. I mean, the last two games, he's averaged seven and a half pass attempts. Mm -hmm. So they have not trusted him. They... They don't, and, and and at the end of the day, it may fall all on his shoulders. Yeah, it's you know the one thing I'll say is I think as we've watched this season for Nebraska, is they've shown the ability to get a pass rush and put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, that'll obviously help them in this game. If I remember right, against Notre Dame, I think they gave up three sacks. Michigan did uh, of Shea Patterson. I think that's going to be an important piece of this game for Nebraska. But Mo Berry, make no bones about it. The best linebacker on this team, the two guys that I feel like you can really count on, Luke Gifford and Mo Berry, have to come up big in this game. Uh, if if Nebraska has to allocate an extra man in the box to be able to stop the running game for Michigan, it's going to open up a guy in Shea Patterson who can push the ball down the field. And again, we have a couple corners that, you know, they're playing better this year, especially DiCaprio Boodle, but they've shown a penchant for getting beat deep. I mean, even on that interception that um, Lamar Jackson had, he was beat by like eight yards, yeah. and then they underthrew him by you know by a, a mile. So credit to him for being able to to make up ground and, and do what he needed to do to get the ball. But I'd say those are if if you're Michigan trying to establish the run and then getting a play action over the top because those corners specifically Jackson has been a weakness for us. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they attack. I'm this is going to be a, this is a big 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 day. For uh, Mo Berry and uh, Gifford, big day. They got to have big games. All right, Derek. I know you're itching to get in here. Drop some stats on us to make us feel good about this game. All right. So you talk about Michigan and their offense, and you, you talked about their offensive line, and they are big and they are strong, but they're not that consistent, really. You want to know where Michigan ranks offensively? They are 60th in rush offense, 82nd in pass offense, and 85th total offense. Their offense is not that great. And two of the teams they've played are like one in four, one in five combined right now. Uh, they haven't played great teams outside of Notre Dame. And Notre Dame shut them down. And I think Nebraska's mm-hmm. got a good enough defense. I, we, we've played good enough defense of shutting down yardage at least. Can, can we stop the big drives will be the question. Uh Defensively, yes, they're very good. But you know what? They gave up 20 points to lowly SMU, who's only averaging 18 points a game. They also gave up the most rushing yards they'd had all all year and gave up more passing yards than they had averaged all so far this year. So SMU found a way to move the ball on them. SMU found a way to score on them. I, if we, with Adrian Martinez, I, I think we can do it. I think we can score some points. I, I 100% agree with you. I, I actually, and maybe I'm just being a massive homer considering this team's 0-2, but I feel like Nebraska is due, they're due for a game where the ball bounces their way a little bit. You know, the way this season has started, that's not been the case. Uh, but on top of that, Martinez, and I'm, you know, that Colorado game, other than the uh, the interception that he threw, which was about as much of a freshman mistake as it gets. I mean, he stared his guy down and threw it right to the linebacker. But other than that, I was really impressed with his decision-making in that game and where, when he was choosing, picking and choosing to run in the RPO, when to pass. And if you look back, Ohio State's always had a lot of success against um, what Michigan's trying to do to do defensively, and I think Nebraska can mimic some of that. Well, you know, Nick, you talk about ball bouncing in our direction. I mean, this, this is a daunting task going to Ann Arbor. I mean, this is, this is going to be a tough game. Um, but in my opinion, it, it's not even like we need to get lucky on plays. I mean, we, we have just got to play a smart game. And one mm-hmm. of the key factors, I mean, obviously we've talked, you know, on this podcast, I'm sure you've talked on your radio show about turnovers. You mm-hmm. know, we've got to sure that up, you know, but, but to me, one of the things is like third down conversions, we haven't been good on third down. We're 94th in the country right now on third down. If we're going to win this game, what we have to do is move the ball and play a field position battle. That means our special teams need to pull their heads out of their ass and actually do something. We need to convert third down, avoid turnovers, because if we give Michigan short field, if we give you know put our offense where they have to go 80 yards, 
we don't have a shot in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, special teams is going to be huge. Um, Barrett Pickering, hopefully, uh, has kind of ironed out some of his early season woes. Um, obviously, Caleb Lightborn, I uh, need a little more consistency out of him. And obviously, in the punt coverage. I, I agree, special teams are going to be massive in this game. The That's the catch of this. Like, I, I feel like Nebraska's got a good shot at going in there because, and the main reason why, is I don't know how you guys feel about Harbaugh. I don't think he's actually all that great of a coach because he's recruited some really damn good players up there and not succeeded uh, very well with them uh, to the standard that they're looking for in Michigan, especially to the standard of recruiting at the level he's recruited. And I look at a guy like Frost, the one thing he has done is he's been able to, you saw it in the bowl game, outcoach some of these coaches when he gets gets up against really good coaches. So I feel like Nebraska has a plus there. But the special teams has got to come through. You typically don't outcoach a guy without that facet of the three, you know, parts of your team uh, excelling. And right now, it's not. And he talked about it. So I agree with you. Special teams are going to be huge. And as far as field position game, I don't know if that's Frost's mo, man. Like I don't know if playing field position is is what he does. Like he's going to go out there and put the pedal down and try to put points on teams and go for it at times when you don't want him to snap the ball too early at times when you think they should sit on it. I mean, it's that's this offense. That's consistently been the case for this offense for his entire career. Um, so I don't know about the whole field position battle deal, but converting third downs is going to be massive. And getting to that third medium so your quarterback can run or you can threaten with the uh, the run aspect of their offense from third and long. Because you got to remember this offense, typically you're looking at running backs that average six, seven yards a carry. And that's why they can run on third downs at times when it's like third and five. So I don't know. I I'm with you, Shafe. I I'm, I'm totally with you on the special teams portion. I just, I expect Frost to try to do what he does, go out here and put the pedal down and see if uh, with his freshman quarterback, he can't get him. I, I also, this, I agree with you on special teams. Absolutely. There needs to be a lot fixed and you, but you brought up Barrett Pickering and uh, yeah, I, I just want to remind fans, remember Drew Brown, who was a great kicker, was 13 for 22 in his freshman year. Like, he wasn't very good mm-hmm. his freshman year either. Like, give the guy a break. Yep. Yeah, I agree hey, with you. And hey, keeping it with special teams here, our punt returned. Tyjon Lindsay, he's uh, right now, Nebraska is averaging negative 0.67 yards a return. That's uh, 124th in the nation. Is Tyjon Lindsay, is he the answer at, as, uh, as our punt returner? I mean, uh, to be fair, um, and it's been really weird, but the punt returning woes have continued from the Riley era to now. Yep. I mean, you you look at what what Tajon half the time he's getting the ball, he's got nowhere to go, and if he tries to make something out of nothing, he's getting drilled right away. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's only so much he can he can do if the blocking isn't set up ahead of him. I to be honest with you, I don't I don't know if he's the answer um, because I haven't seen enough of him to to tell you if he's bad at it or not because. He's in such bad spots every time he gets the darn ball in his hands. Doesn't it seem like he tries to make a little too much out of nothing, though? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's well because he's uh, he's like that quintessential kid in high school that was faster than literally everybody, and then he gets to college, and you know now all of a sudden every team you play has six or seven guys that are just as athletic as him. So now he's got to start learning the nuances of the position, which just comes with time. You know, it just it takes time, but you see those kids come out of high school all the time, or sometimes you'll see guys go pro, like uh, Reggie Bush. Remember how awesome he was in college? It took him forever to figure out the pro game because he real he didn't realize that he couldn't just run around everybody all of a sudden. Yeah. He did at times, but not very often. Well, and, and, and I, Justin's a little harsh on Lindsey. I, I agree with you, Nick. I think he hasn't been given much, and DeWitt needs to figure out better coverage, and not just on punt returns, on kickoff returns. Because J.D. Spielman... We could argue about how truly great he was last year, but the guy took, what, three kicks out of the end zone against Troy and didn't get past the 30 once. It's right. not because he's not fast anymore. It's not because he's not dynamic anymore. It's because we are not covering kickoffs and punts the way we should. Yeah, but right. I, I, again, I, I'm with you, man. That's all part of the uh, the special teams piece has been – Below average, uh, I think, is the nicest way to put it to start the season. And again, I mean, a lot of that is going to be feeling out your team and, and what you're doing. And 
I'm sure they're spending a lot of time on other things as well, you know, obviously getting with the new systems and everything. But, yeah, special teams have been brutal. So, so Nick, I, I could tell your optimism for this Michigan game. Uh, but knowing where Justin is at right now, mm-hmm. like, Justin, do you think we have a shot against Michigan? No, absolutely not. That's depressing. How do you hey. What's your reasoning? Well, they have yet to put it together, uh, put a solid game together. I think they've only Nebraska's only played two good quarters out of eight quarters this year. That's it, two of eight. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against a team like Michigan. Colorado, you know, maybe Colorado is a little bit better, but uh, a better team than what we gave them credit for. But Colorado and Troy, they were four, two of our four easiest games on our schedule this year. And we could not pull it through. Sure, we had opportunities to get it done, but it, it's but it's all those op- missed opportunities, like the penalties, the turnovers. We're we're like ranked one twenty sixth in turnovers, minus two in turnovers this year. It's not getting any better, especially after last week, where they said they were going to put a huge focus on uh, ball protection and all of that. It damn sure didn't look like it last year or last week. And you could you could say that we. Uh, we regressed further in the turnover department. I think yeah, a lot. I, I think guess. a lot of that had to do with uh, having a backup quarterback, like Nick said, who probably should have been our fourth string quarterback. I think that had a lot to do with some of those turnovers. I mean, he threw he threw bad balls through most of the game. He was throwing in double coverage through most of that game. Yeah, they, well, they were triple teaming Tyjon, uh, not Tyjon Lindsey, uh, um, Stanley Morgan almost the entire game. I. I don't understand how J.D. Spielman didn't have himself a day because he was one-on-one coverage that entire game. For as good as we think he is, and, and we've seen him be at times, you know, you go back to that 10-catch uh, game that he had. I Like, that was his game last week, and maybe the quarterback wasn't looking to him. I don't, you know, again, first start, inexperienced quarterback. There was times where it looked like he was just heaving the ball up in the air in a triple coverage, but... I, you'd have thought that Spielman would have had himself a day last week with the single coverage he saw. The tight ends, too. Tight ends were running around single coverage almost that entire game. Just easy money, man. Like, it was easy money, but it, it was there to, to take, but unfortunately we couldn't get it. But Okay, so I want to I take this back. So we, we all know what we've done. We, we know we have not lived up to expectations. But I guess my thing is I'm not saying we're going to win. We're about to make our score predictions here in a minute, but mm. – I, but but what I will say is Michigan is not a scary team to me right now. I mean, I hit on they were are out they are possibly without their two best offensive pe- players. Period. Um, you know, People Jones is a pretty dynamic wide receiver that could cause their secondary troubles. But Shea has to get him the ball. I, I think this is a game where if Frost is going to win, and, and I, or even if he doesn't win, it, it, this is a game that Frost has the ability to outcoach Harbaugh. And if we lose, it's because of talent and on the road. But I, I do expect a lot of these things to be improved going into this game. Yeah, I, dude, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, uh, I I went ahead this week. I've already put in my, my pick on the show, and I picked Nebraska to win. And it's purely just off of, like, like gut feeling. There, It's very hard to find a ton of logical reasons why Nebraska is going to walk into this game and beat these guys. Like I can, again, Nebraska's offense when ran properly with Martinez healthy. And I think he can operate it at a high level does give the defense of Michigan and what they like to do on defense fits. Cause they run a lot of man. So it leaves, there are big play opportunities all over the place. The problem is Michigan's incredibly athletic in their secondary. I think Nebraska's defense will be fine in this game. I think there's going to be some crazy things that happen. Um, some big plays for both teams, but like I, the fumbling, for example, uh, I, I can chalk up the first two fumbles of the season. Cause they were excited. You know, the guys get out there. They didn't play the game the week before. Um, you have two fumbles right off the bat when you're driving. I, I can chalk that up to, that was two young players that were out there, two new players of the team that were out there that fumbled that thing. But who's to say they don't do it when they are on their first road game at Nebraska in the big house. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I can come up with a million reasons why they're going to lose the game. I just have this feeling that Frost will be able to coach this team in a manner. And Martinez, I don't think, was as hurt last week 
as what was being let on. I think they were being very precautionary with him. I think he could have played last week, but Frost is playing the long game here and playing for the Big Ten since they already lost to Colorado. And I I think they're going to pull out a three-point win, but it'll be a massive upset if they do. All right. Any uh, final thoughts on Michigan, guys? No, All right. Let's get let's get in these score predictions. All right. Let's get into the games of the week. Uh, Nick, you're in. There's not a lot of pressure on you because the guests have been whooping our ass in this segment. Oh, well, good. Because so. this way, when I go over, it'll they'll still be uh, ahead on uh, on everything. That'll be good. Well, hell, I can pick one right game. Uh, <laughs> I, Tyler, could pro- us, I could uh, probably still catch you. So. <laughs> All right, Tyler, give us uh, the results so far. So, so Nick, you are following uh, Todd this week. We had Todd on last week, and he went three for three. Um, nice. Yeah, and uh, the rest of us sucked. Uh, Derek and Justin went two for four, and I went one for five. Okay. For the year, our guests are ten for seven. Um, Derek, eight for nine. Eight, eight, went, or eight went right, nine wrong. And me and Justin are five and twelve. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'll I'll balance the scales for you boys. Don't worry. I Excellent. Got all right, Tyler, you get the first game. Number twenty-two, Texas A&M at number one, Alabama. Alabama is twenty-seven and a half point favorites. I will tell you this, guys. I was really impressed with what Jimbo Fisher put out against Clemson a couple weeks ago. Um, I like where A&M's at. But there is no way I am picking against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, Alabama wins big. Are we Eric? picking with this, the point spread or uh, no, straight up? Not. Straight okay. up. Okay. All right. Derek? Uh, Bama's too good. A&M burned me last time against Clemson. I That I, I was at home. I can't pick them on the road. Bama wins this. I think they probably win fairly big. All right, Nick. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll echo everything you guys are saying. I, we were actually talking about today how absolutely annoying it is for how, how long it's been that Alabama has been as good as what Alabama is. And somehow they're better now than I think they've ever been because they actually have a really good quarterback. I'll go Bama. All right. That, make that four for Alabama. All right, Derek, number 17, TCU, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Texas. TCU – we thought had this great defense. They were exposed last week against Ohio State. Texas is coming off the huge win against USC that I, I really honestly thought they were going to lose. Uh, I, I can't pick against Texas two weeks in a row. I, I'm going to go with Texas in this one. Nick? Um, actually, I'm with him on Texas. Uh, with Texas riding high from the win last week, and then also, Herman's going to get that thing turned around eventually. I know we're all super impatient in society now, so people are getting you know frustrated even with Frost, I guess. But uh, Herman's going to turn that thing around down there. I'll go Texas. Tyler? I'm not buying Texas. I think that was more of a credit to USC. This is still the team that lost to Maryland and beat Tulsa by a touchdown. Darius Anderson against Ohio State um, ran for over 150 yards and two touchdowns. I think TCU has just enough to beat Texas at in uh, Austin this weekend. Yeah, I have TCU as well. Texas, you know, they're they're going to have a hangover from beating USC, and they're they'll probably lose by two touchdowns next week. <laughs> I I'd be fine with that. I would. Yeah, I, I live in Waco, so uh, yeah, Austin's just down the road. So, <laughs> all right, Nick, this one's to you. Number twenty-four, Michigan State, four and a half point favorites over Indiana. Um, I'll go Michigan State. I know they've not been great to start the season, but they're better than Indiana. I'll go Michigan State. Plus, Nebraska needs Michigan State to win some games. So hopefully when we're, uh, you know, beat Michigan here in a minute, they'll uh, have Michigan State playing well, too. Oh, All right, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State's coming off a bye week. Um, I, I think they, they're really well coached. I think they figure out a little bit of the woes. I I'm not sold on Indiana. I know it's at Indiana. I think it's going to be a closer game, but I think Michigan State off the bye wins this game. Derek? Yeah, yeah, Tyler, you kind of took my thing there. Like, they're coming off a bye week. They had time to fix stuff. I think Indiana's not that great. I'm not convinced they're a good team yet. They they are 3-0, but I don't think they play anybody worth a damn. 
And uh, I, I, I picked Michigan State to win the East, so they need to win this so that I can still at least have bragging rights for another week. All right, <laughs> I, I have Michigan State as well. Uh, Tyler, number seven, Stanford, two-point favorites over number 20, Oregon. Uh, th- you know, college game day is going to be there. This might be the most compelling game of the weekend for me. Um, it, it's a tough game to call. Justin Herbert has struggled last week. Um, but overall in the season, I, I think he, he's been pretty well. 12 TDs, four interceptions. I just don't think Stanford is moving the ball that well. Um, I, I don't trust their offense. I think on the road, Oregon is able to do just enough to beat them in uh, Oregon this weekend. Derek? I tend to agree with you. I, I, I honestly think Justin Herbert's been the better quarterback between him and K.J. Costello. Uh, Oregon's running back, uh, Verdell, C.J. Verdell, he's been better than love so far this, this year. Uh, offensively, they're just better. Uh, de- and defensively, obviously Stanford's better, but I don't know if they're going to be able to slow this offense down enough. So I got Oregon winning. Nick? Yeah, I'm going to go Oregon. And uh, by the way, that quarterback, I'm so excited to see how he tests out when it's time for him to go to the NFL draft. That kid has got a lot of natural talent. When we watched Nebraska go up there and he absolutely mud stomped us uh, up at Oregon, that kid puts the ball in the money. I like him. I think he's the reason they win. I have Stanford in this game. This was a tough game to pick, but I'm rolling with Stanford. Bryce Love was out last week, right? So he's going to be back this week. So uh, I think a healthy Bryce Love will get the job done. That means Stanford is definitely going to lose. Probably. <laughs> uh, all right, Derek, number 18, Wisconsin, minus three over Iowa. And this is the game that I think is the game of the week, Tyler. I'm picking Iowa just to piss Tyler off. Oh. No, no. Actually, really, I think I think Iowa's defense, their defense is way better. Their their quarterback play between the two team between the two of them are like completely equal. They're both passing for sixty three percent. Wisconsin has five hundred ninety five yards passing to Iowa's five eighty three. They both have three touchdowns and two interceptions. So offensively, I think they're pretty fairly equal. But defensively, Iowa has looked great and and. Wisconsin losing to BYU did them no favors, so I'm picking Iowa. All right, Nick, I have a feeling where this one is going, but go ahead and give us your pick. Well, I'm going to pick Wisconsin because I hate Iowa, but the the thing, the thing, fact of the matter is, what the thing that worries me from a Wisconsin standpoint is you played BYU last week, and BYU, if anything, is a bunch of old men, and they're all very big, and uh, that was a physical game they played last week. So I think they're going to be beat up a little bit. But I'm going to go with Wisconsin by like 80 points. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah, Derek, how dare you say anything positive about the Iowa chicken shits? I mean, those guys don't even deserve to be in college football or even in the United States. They, they need to go on the other side of the wall that Trump wants to build. Um I, I, I don't love Wisconsin. I lived there for three years. They have good cheese curds. It's a good state. But at the end of the day, I think BYU beating Wisconsin ultimately helps Wisconsin. They were kind of in a funk. They were winning games. I think this wakes them up, and they go down to Iowa City and beat Iowa. I, I'm with Derek. I, I, I like Iowa in this game just based off of their defense. I think defensively that will get them – uh, the win. This will probably be one of those classic ugly ass Big Ten games, low scoring. But I think Iowa, there at Iowa, will get get it done. All right, Tyler. Nebraska at Michigan, nineteen and a half point favorites. You, you know, I, I I see the path of Nebraska beating Michigan this week. I I, I literally see it on paper. But then I go into reality, and we haven't done the things that I think we need to do. Frost is a great coach. I think we see some progress this week. Um, but ultimately, I just don't think we quite get enough for the victory. I have Michigan beating Nebraska 28-20. Derek? 
the, I, I think this is going to be another defensive struggle. Like I, I'm not, I told you, I'm not convinced on Michigan's offense. I don't think their offense is that great. And if we put, if we can stop their run and, and put a lot of pressure on Shea Patterson, he'll make some mistakes. Uh, Ultimately, I think it's going to come down to special teams, and we're just not quite there on special teams. Uh, I, I do have Michigan winning, but I have them winning 24-21. I think it's a very low-scoring game. All right, Nick, bring some Husker love. Yeah, man. Well, like I said earlier, I, uh, I'm, I this is a total homer pick, and it's total gut feeling. Uh, I think Nebraska's due. I also think uh, Harbaugh's due for another uh, piss-off-the-fan-base type loss. It's been like two weeks, right? <laughs> Something like that. Three weeks. I mean, he's overdue for another one of those losses. Um, but jokes aside, if Nebraska wins this game, it's going to be. I actually on the on the defensive struggle piece. I'm with you, except for one key thing. They have a really good receiver. We don't have a very good secondary. Uh, the, I think that he's going to have uh, what's the kid's name? Their main receiver for Michigan. People Jones. Yes, I think he's going to end up. He's going to have one of those stupid nine catch games for like 160 yards or something dumb like that he'll score a couple touchdowns um the teams are gonna go back and forth i think a little bit in the second half towards it'll be low scoring first half then they'll open it up in the second half i think nebraska wins the game i put down 38 35 but i'm more feeling yeah i'll just stick with it 38 35 nebraska they went on the road wow all right i'm a little bit more pessimistic as uh, everybody else here I'm still in wait-and-see mode, guys. i got to see Nebraska put a solid game together. And right now there's too many mental mistakes between turnovers. The penalties have been atrocious. Uh, there's just too much out there. Uh, the offensive line play has been bad. The, the play calling has been bad at times. I'm basically echoing things that I said last week because it still holds true even against Troy. So I have Michigan winning 45-24. to 24. Oh. Boo. Hey, but you know what? Hey, this might you know be the what? worst wrong, offense. Have, we, this might be the worst offense we've seen, and you have them scoring forty-five points. I, I just think we turned the ball over, and I, I think this is a defense that uh, is going to force turnovers and make us hurt, make us pay for those turnovers. Hey, you know what? I suck at the picks. You know, I was five and twelve headed this week, so this is probably <laughs> the best thing for Nebraska. Okay, <laughs> I agree. Heads up. <laughs> All right, Nick. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been been a blast. Hey, throw out your Twitter handle and uh, plug your show. Yeah, um, at Husker underscore Nick on Twitter. I'm on uh, 96 Kicks and Link in the Country Morning Show, and then also on ESPN 1480, 9 to 11, Greg Hooks. So jump in, call in, hang out. I appreciate you guys for having me on, man. This is always fun. Thanks for coming back, man. Yeah, I'd have been a lot crazier, but I have a five-month-old sitting literally a foot from me trying to sleep, so i got to keep it calm a little bit. It's always good when they sleep. Right? (laughs) All right. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, appreciate you guys. All right, now it's time for our Let It Ride segment. This is the segment where we pick against the spread, and with our winnings, we roll over everything into next week's bet. keeps on going and going, and we will donate – half of our proceedings to a charity yet to be determined. Basically, we don't have to worry about that yet because uh, we're 0-3 on the year. We have no winnings. And so if you want to get rich, bet the opposite of us. However, go ahead, Derek. <laughs> so, so my question is, if we lose too much money, does, does a charity owe us? Oh, that, you know what? I'll, I will find out. <laughs> But this week, we are going to change our luck. We are taking Georgia minus 15 at Missouri. Tyler, why is that a good bet? You look at what Georgia has done this year. They've been a dominant team. Um, they went on the road at South Carolina and just blew them out. I, I don't have faith in Missouri yet. I don't think they're that good of a team. I think Georgia's the real deal. I, I think this is a safe bet. Derek? Missouri's best win so far is against an zero and three Purdue team. I, I, I'm just I, I think I think we all had high hopes for Purdue a little bit, but I don't know. M- M- Missouri's just I, I'm not convinced they're I'm not with Tyler. I'm not convinced they're a good team. At best, they're maybe somewhat as good as South Carolina, but at the end of the day, Georgia's just a step above both of those teams by far. 
All right. Well, I am in the process of locking it in. So everybody root for Georgia minus 15 at Missouri. Now it is time for last call. We finally made it to last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. So uh, there sounds to be some development, boys, um, in this 12th game. Sounds like we are getting very close to scheduling an FCS team for our bye week. And, you know, a few weeks ago I was on the podcast and I talked about how I wasn't a huge fan of the trying to get a 12th game. I didn't think we were going to need it. Obviously, right now I think we do. Uh, I don't love it during the bye week. I don't. I, I think we'll have an easy victory, but... Um, I know Frost is thinking Big Ten Championship, but, man, I really wish this game would be in December. Derek? Uh, th- to me, this is an SEC move, and I and, and I don't disagree with it, given the circumstances. Uh, do what you got to do to get an extra win. Give this team a little confidence. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe it gets you closer to a bowl game and gets you some extra practices, which we obviously need, so... Like, do what you got to do. Tyler, I'm with you. Don't sacrifice a bye week. Playing 12 games, 12 straight games, is tough on anybody. Uh, I don't care if you're playing an FCS opponent. You need the week off. Give those guys some time you know, to themselves. Heal up, whatever. I don't think this does any good other than the fact to get to a bowl game. And for me... I hate playing FCS opponents. I don't think Power 5 teams should ever play FCS opponents. In this case, golly, you know, I, maybe we need it to uh, get to bull eligibility, but my God, this is embarrassing. Don't lose this game, guys. Don't lose this game. You used to argue with me so much on the opposite side of that. Like, you used to, when I used to tell you that, Power five teams shouldn't schedule FCS teams. You used to tell me that people like Purdue and uh, Kansas and Rutgers should be able to schedule those games because it helps their team out. So it's funny to me that you've changed your argument so much when Nebraska's down. Have we truly have have we truly uh, sunk down to Purdue and Rutgers levels right now? I mean, is is that where we are, Derek? Like right now, yeah. Like. They both have a better oh, record than God. we do. Well, that, that's depressing. That's but depressing. right now they have a better record than we do, right? Well, I, I I will never be for that. I don't think it. I don't think it's a good game for the fans. It's it's not entertaining football. I mean, but it, it's, it's just funny to me. It's just funny to me that you've changed your attitude so much in the last year or so over that. No, I, I don't think that Nebraska should have ever play FCS teams. It, it's not a good fan experience. How jacked up are you to get to play? Wh- who, who are the teams that are uh, projected to play? I mean, Bethune-Cook? I mean, do, does that razz your berries there? I mean, no. That doesn't razz your berries. I mean, do you care about that game? I'm hoping we whoop their ass, and yeah, I would razz my berries. Like, I just want to whoop uh, anybody's ass at this point. Well, I'll take an ass whooping, but not to that expense. That's just bad. That's bad. All right, last call to you, Derek. All right, so uh, Vontae Davis. <laughs> I, I find this story very funny to me. I don't know why, but anybody. I, I know we don't. We, none of us really care too much about NFL, but Buffalo is having just a horrendous year. They don't know who their quarterback is, and. They have this player, Vontae Davis, who has just decided at halftime last week that he's going to retire because their team sucks so bad. Now, you could talk about how bad the team is, and you could talk about what it, where his attitude's at. Like, obviously, he doesn't want to play for Buffalo. But to retire at halftime is just funny to me. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. I've never seen that happen either. That is just absolute nuts. I mean, how fed up do you have to be just to say, you know what? This shit ain't for me. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going to Jimmy John's. <laughs> Tanner? Yeah, I mean, I agree. This is a weird, weird move. But I will disagree with you, Derek. I, for one, almost prefer the NFL over college football. Hot take alert. Hot take alert. But um, it's a lot less emotional for me, and I can just sit down and watch games and not get so pissed off uh, my whole day about it. So, uh, yeah, yeah but- classless move. 
Tyler, Tyler, you're just saying that because of the, the way this year has started, though. I mean, and, any and, other year. And, 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 and last year, and the year before, and three years well, before that. Well, hold on. The, the year before, we were 7-0, and and everybody was pretty hyped, first off. Second off, I, I do believe the fact that you care enough to get pissed off about college football means you care about college football more than you care about NFL. I, I will just say, I enjoy, on my Sundays... Turning on a TV, having a football game on, watching the Packers Vikings, whatever game I'm watching, and just oh. being thrilled by the drama. Like, really, you want hey, to watch if, a tie? Come on, that was a fun Ta- game. Hey, Tyler, if you don't care about drama, just wait till Nebraska schedules an FCS opponent. I mean, there will be zero drama there, so that'll be right in your team. That'll I, be right in your wheelhouse. I hope you're right, Justin. I hope there is zero drama. I hope we just stomp a mud hole in the minute. We don't have to worry about drama. Well, we we'll see if they can put it together. Hey, last call to me, guys. Uh, I want to bring some good news out of Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska landed a four-star tight end, Chris Hickman, out of Omaha Burke. This dude had 14 Division One offers to include LSU, Ole Miss, Iowa State, Iowa, Oregon. Uh, that moved Nebraska uh, up to number 24 in 247 sports rankings and number 21 in rivals. Huge pickup. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? I, I love the pickup. I mean, you know, Frost – did what he needed to do from a recruiting vision. He won the dominate Nebraska. This was our, one of our top two players out of the state. Um, he needed to get him in and kudos to frost for being able to pull that off. I mean, I think a clean sweep of Nebraska is what he needs to do for the foundation of this program. Sure. I, I, I think this is exactly what we expected frost to do. Like, this is like the anti Bo Pelini and Mike Mike Riley era where we let a Noah fan and a and a uh, Ott go away and and a and a Bryson Williams get get away from us. Like he got these guys that are probably going to succeed in in college football, and he got them to come here. And before he gets here, uh, Hickman and Hendricks aren't coming here. So I, I think this is huge for Nebraska. Yeah, that's going to add to the big old huge slate of tight ends that we have. It's, it's awesome. Can't wait. All right, it's time to get out of here. Big thanks to Nick Gregg for stopping by. Be sure to check out his show at uh, 1480 AM in Lincoln. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and HuskerHype.com. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Help us out and share this episode. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red.